This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Elite Life Optimization Coach Ryan Nidell, and today is day one of Faith Week. Now, before you tune me out, right, this is not a religious show. We did not take a hard left turn where I'm going to be preaching the good word of the gospel. Not because I inherently have anything wrong with that, if that's what you're into, but that's that's not my thing. What is my thing is essentially between last week sharing some insight into fitness, right? Having a having a wellness week, having a fitness week. Now I'm going to dive into more of the spirituality because my coaching, the protocols, the setups that I have, not only do we pour tons of gasoline on a burning fire inside of your business, but we get clear alignment inside of your fitness, inside of your faith, and inside of your family. Because what I have found through and through every time that I've ever coached anyone Everyone wants to make more money. I know right now, no matter where you are at, you want to make more money. And it is easy. It is easy to make more money. It is easy to produce more. What is not easy is to keep it. What is not easy is to keep your sanity as you attempt to earn more. What is not easy is to keep your relationships, to keep your body in check, to have the admittance and acceptance of balance in your life as it pertains to not being too front heavy into the business side of what we do. And so therefore, we had to take a look at fitness. We had to talk about how our bodies worked. Now we have to talk about faith. And really to me, faith to start with is nothing more than how do we navigate the voices in our head. And I think about this just for a second. That voice that tells you you're not good enough the voice that shares that you'll never be enough, the voice that bounces around in your head that has you confused on which way to go, where did that voice actually come from? Who is that voice? And more importantly, how do you turn down that voice or turn it off? You see, I know on my side, there's this unique thing that happens. Right? I I take a pivot. We'll talk about this show, 15 Minutes to Freedom, right? I I know in my soul it was time for something different because while I enjoy producing at an incredibly high level, while I enjoy getting shit done, wrapping up shows that way hasn't felt authentic to me for a few months because the vulgarity and the inflection used with getting shit done is hard and impactful and it doesn't feel right anymore. It did feel right for a period of time. It is who I have been, but it is not who I am going to be. And so I come up with the idea, right, I'm going to have to shut down this show and I'm going to have to start something over again or not. There was a moment in time where I'm like, ah, podcasting is just done. Although I committed to four straight years, I kind of had my, my run at it. But I realized ultimately that not to be true. But then as I'm saying that and I, you know, we're switching offices as I sit now in a new office in a new part of town that's much closer to home, which allows me to pour into my family much more. As we're leaving offices, the office that Miles and his father built, there's an emotional attachment and a fixation to this square room, right? This 14 by 14 room that he and his father, I would love to take credit for it, by the way, but I didn't build it, that he and his father built 
But everything that is coming is also going, and I had to accept the fact that in order for me to change and grow, I had to do just that. I had to change to grow. In order to change, I had to step way out on the ledge and just jump. And I had to get really clear with that voice that was rattling around in my head, the same voice that might be rattling around in your head about all the reasons as to why you can't do something. Right, that voice told me, you're never going to have success in podcasting like you do to 15 minutes of freedom. Don't change it. Just keep it going. Just keep, keep rowing the boat. So I went back and forth, right? I fought in my head. What do I do? What do I do? Then as luck would have it, which is not luck at all, I believe that this is all divine orchestration of something much greater than we can see from our current perception of reality. Last week, 15 Minutes to Freedom, the podcast was hacked. Admittedly, I didn't even know you could hack a podcast. We use a syndication service called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N. And that syndication service allowed us to be hacked. And all of our episodes were jumbled and everything was changed and reviews were gone and everything in a moment was just obliterated to nothing. And there's a certain irony in that, right? Because I had already had that internal dialogue and the confusion inside of, am I making the right decision? Think about how many times in your life you had asked yourself that same question, whether you were someone that was praying to God, whoever your God or deity is, for a sign, or you just said internally, man, I don't know if I'm making the right decision. And then a decision ultimately gets made for you. You see, I knew in my soul that this was going to come to an end. That 15 minutes of freedom was what it was and it will always be. It's not going to get taken down. But there's a new show with a new format. Which is going to be different. Right? The Optimized Life podcast. Different environment, different setup, different theme, different feel, different everything because we change. We are not meant to stay the same. And so from that very point, the voice in my head got told to shut its mouth. The same voice that stops you from doing the scary stuff. Right? But there's some, there's some actual science that goes into this, right? That little voice in our head. And I'm sure I'm going to butcher some of these names because I am not a biology type of guy. But there's a part of your brain called the amalgia. And again, I'm probably butchering that. So however I'm supposed to pronounce it, know that you can pronounce it that way in your head. And this is a part of the brain that as you project forward in your mind and you see into something that you want to do, it is the part that is wired to keep you safe and alive. And things that are outside the norm are scary. And when they're outside the norm and they're scary, that means that amalgia, however you say it, says, no, 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 don't go that way. Don't do that. It's one sole purpose is to help you make decisions to keep you alive. And so we don't take risk. We don't change. We stay the same. 
Think about your life for a second. Think of how many things you want to change and you know there's ways to change it. Whether it's quitting your job and going all in on yourself or finding a coach to help you navigate the waters of life or dropping the extra weight you want by stop eating the shit food. Like there's a way to have what you want and you know there is. You know it just as sure as the sun's going to come up tomorrow. You know there's a way, but yet change is scary so we don't do it and you can't figure out why it is. Why it is is ultimately because you haven't reprogrammed your prefrontal cortex. That's the part of the brain that fires up and lights up every time you think of that new future possibility. Of that excitement of having the body that you want or having the marriage that's on fire with consistent sex or having the home that's been that of your dreams or making the money that you want or starting the podcast or whatever your things are. That prefrontal cortex is what drives that. But there's a war that goes on behind between that amalgia and the prefrontal cortex. And for most of us, potentially you, the first one wins. And we never take the risk that would lead us to the life that we want. But there's a way to hack that operating system. And I, of course, must share it with you. You see, that prefrontal cortex is also responsible for neural pathways and ultimately neuroplasticity. See, if you go back even as early as 10 years ago, we were convinced that once we became adults, our brain didn't evolve and fire differently. That who we were by the time we were, give or take 20, was static, right? We were not going to increase or change. That is just who we were. Well, we found out that not to be true. And that if you take time to visualize consistently, now when I say consistently, this can't mean when you feel like it or when the days are tough or when you really are hopeful. This would mean with extreme intentionality every day. When you take time to visualize and then write things down, physically take your hand on a sheet of paper with a pen and write things down that you are achieving, right? Paint the vision in your mind as though you have already achieved it. What it looks like, feels like, smells like how you feel internally, the people that are surrounding you. And you do this on a consistent basis for months and months and months. Dr. Nicole LaPera has something called future self-journaling. It's a great way. You can go visit her, the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Email me and I can introduce you to her or give you a a version of future self-journaling. But you take this and you apply it literally every day with ruthless commitment. And all of a sudden, your brain starts to rewire what is possible. And the craziest thing about this prefrontal cortex is the new neurons and the pathways that have been created, your brain has no knowledge of the difference between actually achieving something and thinking you achieved it. So you literally write down consistently what you are achieving and your body catches up to that version of you. This is journaling. This is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Right? Are you stuck in place right now from a memory of your past or propelled forward by a vision of your future? It's a choice you get to make right now in the moment. But most of us, as it pertains to faith, Right? This quadrant of our life is, I call it faith. 
we don't have faith in ourselves to produce at a high level because that pesky part of our brain that wants to keep us safe is afraid to death to share out loud that I'm going to make $5 million this year and here's how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to impact 125 million people's lives before I die and here's how I'm going to do it. And you keep saying it and you keep believing it and you keep writing it down and you keep journaling it and you do it for long enough and your life catches up. There's a crazy story that I'll share with you for just a moment. It pertains to my wife, Lindsay. Right, going back as far as I could remember. And with full admittance, my second girlfriend of any sort of length or or seriousness happened to be Italian. But I knew for as long as I could remember, I was going to end up marrying a dark-haired, dark-skinned, feisty Italian woman. I could see her in my mind. I could hear how she was wired. I knew that her family was going to be an Italian family. I knew these pieces and parts were going to go together. I knew she would be busty. That's my thing as well. I own that. I knew there were going to be all these things. And fast forward, right? This is from 17 years old, I thought this. 18, 19, 20. I met my wife when I was 31. 30, right? Somewhere in there. We're at a gym here in Columbus, Ohio, little little place called Lifetime Fitness. And I see her that first day, and I'm with a, a friend of mine, and I'm enamored with her beauty. Dark hair, dark skin, busty. She checks all the boxes. Well, I don't know anything about her, and I certainly don't run up and talk to her. But I start intently visualizing what it would be like to be with her. And not in the sexual way, but in a way in which we are just together. Well, as luck would happen, I'm able to convince my friend to keep coming back to Lifetime Fitness and training with me. Even though it was not the gym that we primarily went to. Even though we were both meathead bodybuilders. Although we were you know, focused on things that were much different than I'm focused on now. And Lifetime fit none of those criteria. Right? Lifetime is not the meathead bodybuilder gym. But over a two-week period, perhaps even three, I'm able to convince him to come with there, come there with me every day. So much so I buy him a membership and put him on with mine so that I can keep visualizing and seeing this woman who is now my wife. Every day I'm hoping as I'm driving, right, driving from my home to the gym, that she's going to be there, that I just get to see her. I hadn't even spoken to her yet. I had no idea if she recognized me. I had no idea if she knew who I was. I certainly had consistently been staring at her. And every day by 5 o'clock, I'd leave my house and think, man, what it, how great would it be to run in there? How great would it be to say hello? Maybe there's a shot. And she eventually waves at me across the gym floor, and I admittedly think she's waving at my friend. My security, or quite Honestly, my insecurity had me believe that she wasn't waving at me, that she was waving at the guy that was with me. We both waved back in a jovial manner across the gym. Still yet, no conversation is to be had. We're now two or three weeks into this charade back and forth, this little dance we have going on. And as we wrap up our training session, I look around the gym floor and she is not there. She's gone. She's disappeared. I don't even get the chance to say hello to her. 
So we finish our workout, we go to the locker room, we grab our belongings, and down we go towards the cafeteria to get our post-workout shake. As life would have it, I turn the corner, it's a sharp right-hand turn, and around that corner comes Lindsay. Runs into me face-to-face. Introduces herself, invites me to sit down, shares her story, and I share mine. There hasn't been a day since that day that her and I haven't spoken. I visualized that. I, I knew it was going to be. I focused on it. And admittedly, I've been focusing on it since I was 17 years old. I just didn't know the exact person. The same thing can be true for all the things that you want in your life. right? We look at this faith side of how we operate and live. Faith is so much more than a religious doctrine that we adhere to. I believe that faith starts, first and foremost, with faith in self. From increasing neuroplasticity to allow you to progress forward in a way that truly gets you what you want. Right? And this is where it gets goofy, right? For some of us, well, this is just law of attraction stuff. This is woo-woo stuff. Maybe. Right? I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a professor of the law of attraction. What I do believe is if we think about something and we reprogram our brain to not let fear stop us from taking action, we journal it, we visualize it, we come up with a plan to achieve it, we hold ourselves to that plan while consistently visualizing and journaling it, it keeps it in the forefront of our mind, which brings us closer to it every day. We just don't know when the day is going to come that we catch up to it. Because I believe it already exists in front of us, we just have to meet it. How much different would your life be right now if you applied something as simple as taking 10 minutes each day before the hecticness begins, before you grab your cell phone, before you turn on the TV, before you get bombarded with the noise that exists, how great could your life be if you simply took time to write down what you are going to achieve the body that you're going to sculpt, the bank account that has the zeros in it that you want, the house that sits on the hill with the car in the driveway or whatever your thing is, how different could your life be? I'll tell you how different it could be. I'll tell you how different it could be from my standpoint. When I met my wife, I was on the backside of being basically broke. It was coming, it was smacking me in the face and I was ignoring it that it existed. I was a consistent cheater. I was a liar. I was everything that I should not be. I focus going forward on success. I focus going forward on my family. I focus forward on my wife. At that point, our girl, my girlfriend. I focus on achieving what I want to achieve. And at this point, I would be lying to you to tell you that I'm a multimillionaire. I'm certainly not. And I don't claim to be. What I do claim to be is someone that has a solid head on his shoulders that's a phenomenal coach and individual with more money in the bank than we've ever had before, more clarity on mission, vision, and values, and a better relationship than I could have ever imagined even five years ago. All that didn't happen by chance. It happened with intentionality and journaling it and bringing it into the present moment. That's what I'm going to encourage you today. I'm going to encourage you to take some time out before the day begins Figure out what it is you want. Go through some future self-journaling and make it happen. Because when you start to pull that off every day, you'll find out that going forward, you get shit done.